What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download that free local news app today in the newsroom. I'm Andrew Green. Republicans are nearly four months into being in the minority in the Michigan Senate for the first time in about 40 years. Senate Minority Leader Eric Nesbitt of Van Buren County does not like how things have been going. I've been... Fairly disappointed in the way they've just jammed through a lot of these partisan left-wing progressive agenda items on on their list. You know, I was I was hopeful that we could govern in the middle seventy percent and figure out broad bipartisan compromises. Nesbitt says majority Democrats have passed bills that are not good for the economy. Even some of the tax reform issues that could have gotten good bipartisan compromises, they shoved in with uh, providing a half billion dollars a year of corporate welfare to some of the most profitable multinational corporations. So I've been disappointed on, on that. Nesbitt's in his second and final term in the Senate. He was named the Republican leader after the November election. A Coloma man is facing charges after making a bomb threat at the Fifth Third Bank in Coloma Township this morning. The Coloma Township Police Department says a call came in about 9.20 a.m. that a man had gone into the bank and told employees he had a bomb and everyone had to get out. Arriving officers found the man standing outside the bank. When they saw him, he laid down on the ground with his hands behind his back. The suspect has been identified as John Richard LaPlante Jr. He told officers he might have a bomb on him or there may be a bomb inside the bank. Coloma Township officers, along with Michigan State Police troopers and Berrien County Sheriff's deputies, closed down the area and evacuated nearby businesses. The county bomb squad was brought in with a canine and no bomb was found. LaPlante was taken into custody and lodged at the Berrien County Jail in a charge of making a false bomb threat. Police say there is no threat to the community. Two deputies with the Berrien County Sheriff's Department have received life-saving awards for their efforts to revive a man in medical distress at the Niles Police Complex this month. Berrien County Sheriff's Department Chief Deputy Robert Boyce told county commissioners today that deputies Elizabeth Turner and Perry Goodish were working at the complex on March 10th when a man in the holding cell turned blue. Deputy Turner and Deputy Goodish, along with the Nile City officer, immediately began CPR on the individual and summoned assistance from paramedics and firefighters. Deputy Turner and Deputy Goodish utilized an AED and an AMBU bag during their CPR efforts until the individual regained a pulse and regained consciousness. The man was taken to Corwell Health in Niles to be treated. The Sheriff's Department commended the two deputies for their quick action. They'll also be honored at a meeting, a later meeting of the Niles City Council. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners is preparing to submit the county's application for a $300,000 grant to support the Lakeview Trail Project. That's the bike trail planned from Harbor Shores up to Whirlpool's headquarters by Monte Road. During a public hearing today, Berrien County Community Development Director Dan Fetty told commissioners Whirlpool will be responsible for maintenance of the trail. Whirlpool Corporation is going to donate a portion of their property along their campus into what's called the Harbor Shores Community Public Asset Fund, the CPAF. It's a 501c3 that is essentially a holding company for real estate. That real estate will then come off the tax rolls. The taxes that otherwise would have been paid on the real estate will be diverted into an endowment fund. And that endowment fund will be used to maintain the trail. Fetty estimated it would cost around $10,000 per year. 
To complete the project, Whirlpool has put up around $400,000 in addition to the millions it's already spent on its bike trail, while the county is seeking a $1.6 million TAP grant and now the $300,000 Michigan Natural Resources Trust Fund grant. Fetty said if the TAP grant is denied, the application for the DNR grant will be withdrawn. No county money is going into the project. Madeline Bertrand County Park could soon be getting a new pavilion as the county seeks a grant to cover most of its construction. Speaking to commissioners this morning, Berrien County Parks Director Jill Adams said the river shelter is one of three rental pavilions at the park. It's about 30 years old. This pavilion is used for rest area for day hikers. It's also a great lookout point overlooking the St. Joseph River. It is a popular rental pavilion for family gatherings, birthday parties, and those kinds of things. And then in the winter, because of the fireplace, it's a warming shelter. Adams said the goal is to keep the fireplace that's currently part of the pavilion while adding new landscaping and fencing along the bluff. The county would seek a $150,000 recreation passport grant from the state and cover the remaining $50,000 of the project's cost with the park's budget. Commissioners will consider the formal grant application at a future meeting. Engineering firm Abin Marsh has received an award for its work to replace lead water service lines in Benton Harbor. It's the winner of the American Council of Engineering Company's Honorable Conceptor Award for the effort. Joel Regovich with Abenmarsh tells us the work all started about two years ago when the firm got a grant to start off replacing lines at 200 homes. Then the state got involved. So Abenmarsh was tasked with creating the strategy for figuring out how we were going to do this in 18 months, providing the bid information, advertising it, selecting contractors, awarding the contractors, and then providing the construction oversight while everybody was in town. Regovich says Abin Marsh worked with seven contractors to get the old lines out and the new ones put in. The contractors were so great. They just powered through everything and it wrapped up very quickly, well ahead of schedule. And so now we're essentially down to just like a handful of homes. And those only remain because their owners can't be reached. Regovich says it was tough work coordinating the project in the beginning, but once things were in place, the project flew by. She says residents were relieved to know the water is being pumped into their homes is safe noting the state offers free inspections of the homes themselves for interior lead lines. Abenmarsh received its award on March 11th. There are new developments in the Oxford High School shooting case. The Michigan Court of Appeals has ruled there is enough evidence for the disappearance of Ethan Crumbly to stand trial on manslaughter charges. Attorneys for James and Jennifer Crumbly had appealed a decision from an Oakland County District judge who said there was enough evidence for the Crumblies to go to trial. But Michigan News Network's Charlie Langton says the fight still isn't over. This case will be appealed because of the interesting legal issues as to whether or not you could hold anybody responsible for the criminal acts, the intentional acts of another person. The parents are going to say, hey, we didn't pull the trigger. It was our son. And just because we may not have looked in the backpack or may not have recognized certain signs, that's not necessarily going to automatically create a shooting. In the ruling issued today, the appeals court judges say the Crumbleys were aware their son had been repeatedly experiencing significant episodes of hallucinations and extreme paranoia, but they purchased a handgun for him. Ethan Crumbly pleaded guilty to murdering four classmates last year. He's scheduled to be sentenced in June. The historic postseason run for the Brandywine High School boys basketball team is coming to an end. The Bobcats were defeated by Traverse City St. Francis 46-36 in the Division Three State Basketball Semifinal this afternoon at the Breslin Center in East Lansing. Brandywine finishes the season at 25-3 after winning its first regional title in school history. The team started strong at today, opening with a 9-4 lead in the first quarter, then taking an 11-9 lead in the second. 
Ultimately, costly turnovers and being out-rebounded 36-24 allowed the Gladiators to pull away late. Jeremiah Palmer led the Bobcats with eight points, while Jemire Palmer had six points and nine rebounds. Traverse City goes on to face Flint Beecher in the finals on Saturday. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden today marked 13 years since the Affordable Care Act was signed into law. Biden, who was vice president at the time of its passage, held an event at the White House today with lawmakers and advocates who helped to work on the bill. According to the president, some 40 million people were able to access health care thanks to the ACA, otherwise known as Obamacare. ABC's Karen Travers also says the president's speech today sounded much like a campaign speech for a possible 2024 re-election bid as he was critical of Republicans' lack of specifics on a potential spending proposal. The White House sees an opening here because Republicans have not put on the table their numbers, what they want to do to cut spending. Until they do that, the White House is going to keep hammering them, saying, well, until we see what you want to cut, we're going to assume it's this, we're going to assume it could be Medicare, we're going to assume it's Social Security. They tried many, many times over the years to try and pull back, scale back, gut the Affordable Care Act. So for the president, it's just an opportunity to remind Americans of what he wants to do to try to protect those things. Fake images of former President Donald Trump being arrested by New York City police and Russian President Vladimir Putin behind prison bars have flooded social media in recent days. Both were produced using increasingly sophisticated and widely available image-generating software powered by artificial intelligence. The images were among scores of visuals to go viral on social media following the release of a newer, more powerful version of a popular image-generating program. Misinformation experts warn that such surges in convincingly real synthetic images will become commonplace, especially during major news events. They suggest better public awareness about the emerging technology is needed. The CEO of TikTok told a House panel today that he can prevent the Chinese government from accessing Americans' data on the popular app, but lawmakers don't seem to be buying it. ABC's Ann Flaherty has more. TikTok should be banned, plain and simple. That's according to senior House Republican Kathy McMorris-Rogers. Even if they've never been on TikTok, your trackers are embedded in sites across the web. TikTok surveils us all. And the Chinese Communist Party is able to use this as a tool to manipulate America as a whole. Chu pushed back, saying he was willing to spend money building an extensive firewall between the popular app and its Chinese-owned parent company. Ann Flaherty, ABC News, Washington. A Pennsylvania woman linked to a far-right extremist movement has been sentenced to three years in prison for storming the U.S. Capitol, invading then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office with other rioters. The judge who sentenced, Riley June Williams, today also presided over her trial last year. Williams was charged but not convicted of helping to steal a laptop from Pelosi's office suite during the riot on January 6, 2021. A jury convicted Williams in November of six charges, including a felony count of civil disorder, but it deadlocked on two other counts, including aiding and abetting the laptop's theft. With Ukraine facing ammunition shortages after more than a year of fighting, leaders of the EU are endorsing joint ammunition purchases for Ukraine. More from ABC's Ines de la Quatera at the Foreign Desk. At a summit in Brussels, leaders from the European Union approving a plan to send Ukraine one million rounds of artillery ammunition over the course of the next year. The leaders also saying they could send missiles if requested. Ukrainian President Zelensky hailing the move. Zelensky, though, has also been pushing for modern warplanes and long-range missiles, which some Western nations have been reluctant to agree to. And as Delacuatera, ABC News, 
at the foreign desk. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is walking back his characterization of Russia's war on Ukraine as a territorial dispute. The reversal follows criticism from several fellow Republicans who expressed concern about the potential 2024 presidential candidate's dismissive description of the conflict. In excerpts of an interview with Piers Morgan set to air today, DeSantis said his earlier written statement had been mischaracterized and that he did not think Russia had a right to take Ukrainian territory. In the latest interview, he also sought to toughen his position toward Russia, calling President Vladimir Putin a war criminal. And the CDC is warning that strep A infections are being reported nationwide with several child deaths. Morph maybe sees Derek Dennis. Cases of strep A infections are high in some parts of the country, according to the CDC, with preliminary data this year suggesting cases are above pre-pandemic levels. During the pandemic, there was a lull in cases as lockdowns and social distancing rules were widespread. Strep A is a common bacteria that lives on our skin and often in our throats. The CDC says the infection is dangerous but rare, causing between 1,500 to 2,300 deaths a year in the U.S., but so far this year, five children have died from it in Illinois. The typical strep A season runs from December through April. Derek Dennis, ABC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.